Welcome. I'm Pastor John, and you're listening to the Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene is a Bible-believing church located in York, Pennsylvania. Please be sure to check out our webpage, www.stillnaz.com, for ways to connect, watch, request prayer, and to give. In this series, we're asking you, Lord, to rend the heavens with your hope, to rend the heavens with your peace, to rend the heavens with your joy, and to rend the heavens with your love. Now to the sermon. Advent week two is about peace. Our world desperately needs true peace. Here's what we as Christians believe. We believe true peace is a person. Jesus Christ. Paul describes Jesus as our peace in Ephesians chapter 2. And so when we talk about peace, we're not talking about something imaginary. We're talking about a person who is putting the world back together. Our text for this morning is Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11. And the text kind of shows us that God brings his peace in a way through a place that looks like there is no way. And I'm I'm excited for us to read this and experience the truth of that text. And then Isaiah 40 and Mark 1, we'll read those together. They remind us that you and I, we get to be Jesus's preparation force. We get to be people bringing peace in this world. Last week, Pastor Jade and Chastity shared with us about hope. Remember they had us say a phrase? What was the phrase that they had us say? There is hope. I got a video from my sister who watches us online and my youngest niece, who I th- oh, forgive me, Susan, I forget how old she is, two maybe-ish? No, she was probably younger than that. Anyways, here she is in her little high chair saying, there is peace. And I thought since um, Renee remembered that from last week, I would give Renee and you something to remember this week. And so the phrase for this week is, peace is here and peace is on his way. So can we try that together? Peace is here and peace is on his way. Good job. Way to go. Let's try it one more time. Peace is here and peace is on his way. I'm going to invite you to say that phrase with me. I have some situations that people in our congregation are currently going through. And and I'm going to name that situation. And then when I'm done, we together will say, let's say it together. Peace is here and peace is on his way. All right. So to the daughter who just lost her mother, together we say, peace is here and peace is on his way. To the child who's been moved from home to home because your first home can't provide the care you deserve. 
peace is here. Peace is on his way. To the parents who've watched your child walk away from the faith, peace is here and peace is on his way. To the family that has done everything to not be exposed to COVID, but now you have it and you're worried about the one in your family who's most vulnerable. Peace is here and peace is on his way. To the veteran who still wakes up with the sound of battle echoing in your dreams. Peace is here and peace is on his way. To the essential worker who is just exhausted. Peace is here and peace is on his way. Friends, thanks for joining me. in saying the truth to people who need to hear the truth. We all need to hear the gospel together. And so thank you for joining me in saying that. Rend the Heavens is our series, and it's a prayer. We're asking God to open the heavens with his hope and open his heavens with his peace. But it's not just a prayer, it's also a rallying cry. We are saying with God, rend the heavens with our lives. Bring your hope, bring your peace into this world with us. Listen, We need peace in our lives. We need peace in our families. We need peace in our workplaces. We need peace in our church. We need peace in our politics. Not surface peace where people are just grinning and burying it. Not superficial peace where people are ignoring their deep wounds. And not fake peace where people are one way at church and another way the rest of their life. We need real, lasting, enduring peace. So let's pray. Lord, would you rend the heavens and send peace? Would you tear open the curtain between heaven and earth and fill our lives with peace? Jesus, would you baptize this church, these people, with enduring, real peace? Spirit, would you show us any area in our lives that keep us from receiving your peace and keep us from giving your peace the way you give it to us? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray these things. Amen. Go ahead and turn to Isaiah 40. As you turn um, and as you arrive there, I wish that you could see in your scripture the, the gap between chapter 39 and chapter 40. When um, the, the story, of, of when the prophet um, Isaiah, son of Amos, was first writing, he was writing during um, the reign of King Hezekiah, which we hear about here in chapter 39. And in chapter 39, we actually see King Hezekiah opening his treasury, opening his, essentially, his kingdom to the Babylonian Empire. And what we know from the rest of the historical books and scriptures, we actually see that because Hezekiah did that, his nation then came under the empire of Babylon and went into exile. And so chapter, the distance between 39 and chapter 40 is actually 150 years 
The people of God have been in exile and they've been now under a new empire. They're under the Persian empire. The Babylonian empire was overthrown and now Persians are running the things in the Middle East, including the nation of Israel. And so the people of God are spread out from their homeland. They are, they're scattered across the Middle East. Imagine with me that your hometown and your family and nation have been disrupted. Imagine with me that life has been unstable and you've had to adjust to a new normal. Now imagine that lasting for 150 years. Feel the weight of that. Peace is needed. And into that, God speaks these words that we're about to read in Isaiah chapter 40. If you would, please stand for the reading. And as we read, I've got a question up here. What poetic image or what phrase from what we're reading grabs your heart? Ask God, God, show me a phrase that I need to hear. And and hold on to that. After I read, I'd like to hear what God is saying to you. And so let's read Isaiah 40. Comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed. Her sin has been paid for. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass. All their, or all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him. His recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. This is the word of God for us today. Can somebody say, thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm curious. You're going to have to shout it. Well, actually, first, say it to your neighbor. What phrase or image stuck out to you from what we just read. Go ahead and say it to your neighbor. On your mark, get set, go. If you're online, you can share it there. Go. Whisper, 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 whisper. 
Again, if you're in our cyber sanctuary, um, you can type it in the comments on YouTube or Facebook. I'd love to be able to go back and see what you, what you shared there, what stood out to you. But if you're here, um, go ahead and uh, just kind of shout out what, what image grabbed you or what phrase really kind of captured your heart. Hard service. What'd you say? Do not be afraid. Shepherd. Comfort. I didn't hear who. The word of God is forever. Yeah. Do I hear a vacuum cleaner? That's fun. <laughs> Cleaning things up. What? Oh, got you. <laughs> Sorry, everybody keep your eyes this way. All right. Other words, phrases? Carries them close to his heart. The rough roads become level. The Lord comes with power. That's right. I want to encourage you as you read the words of Scripture daily to ask God to give you a phrase or two and to to hold those in your imagination. The reason God speaks to his people is to shape the way we think and the way we think then leads to shapes the way we live, right? Thank you for sharing that with me. A couple things for me. I just see that God is the God who makes a path through the wild, right? I loved that, that image that um, from essentially from Babylon to Jerusalem, God is saying where there's mountains, they're going to be lowered. Where there's valleys, I'm going to raise them up. I'm going to make a way where it looks like there can be no way. Here I come with the good news. It may look like nothing can come from there to here, but I want you to know I can do it. I just love that. There's no place where he cannot go. And then I love the good news of his enduring word, right? He's like, all people are grassy. Look at your neighbor and say, you're grassy. It's, it's true. But in light of that, in light of your grassiness, right? Like... It says the word of our God endures forever. When, when the Israelites and the, and the people of Jerusalem, when they would hear the word of our God endures forever, what they would hear is they would be reminded that what God had spoken to their great-grandparents still stood true. So the promise that God made to Abraham that he would make his nation great That promise still stood true. And the promise that God made to Moses, that he would make this people a a community of priests that would minister to the world, that promise still stood true. And the promise that God made to David, that he would always give a leader to his people, that promise still stood true. The word of our God endures forever. You can trust what he has to say about you and about this world. The word of God endures. This is good news. 
And even greater, I I love it when it it says um, right there in verse 9, you who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Don't be afraid and say this to the towns of Judah. Here is your God. The messenger was being given a message to go to a town where the temple was still in, in a pile. It was still rubble. And this messenger was to go and say, guess what? God is here. <laughs> here is your God. And then he wasn't only to say that, but he was also saying, he is coming. Right? And so that's what verses 10 and 11 say. This God is coming as a rescuing shepherd. You see his power and his tenderness right here. I love it. It says, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. So you've got this image like there is nothing that's stronger than this God who is coming for us. It may look like destruction is winning, but guess what? Our God is stronger than destruction itself. They didn't yet know about the hope that we have about resurrection, right? And so our God is stronger than any force that we face. And at the same time, look in verse 11. It says he gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. The Israelites needed to hear not only that God was stronger than what they were facing, but like his love for them. They needed to experience that, that they mattered to him. They weren't property to him, right? uh, To be carried close to God's heart, this image of being rescued and held is something that for me brings me great peace. I know what God has done for me through the cross is this very same thing. I know that he is stronger than sin and death itself. And I know why he did that. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. It's not because he was so obligated to the world, but because he loved us so much, right? You see the power and the tenderness working together. We are rescued and held. Peace is here, is what this messenger was saying to Jerusalem. And he was also saying, peace is on his way. So say that with me. Peace is here and peace is on his way. What what the Israelites did not know as, as the prophet continues to speak through the rest of this book, they didn't understand fully that God was going to be sending a rescuer who was who would defy their imaginations. They were looking for the type of king who would set up a nice political establishment, a nice religious establishment, but God wasn't interested in the political establishment or a religious establishment. God was interested in a new way of living as a community that wasn't just for the Jews, but was for all nations. Jesus is our peace. Ephesians 2 Actually, when it says that he is our peace, Paul was talking about how God, through Jesus, was bringing the Gentiles and the Jews, two different religious groups and two different ethnicities together and forming one group in him. 
There's a lot of division in our world, but through Jesus, we are unified in a supernatural, real way. And the church has always been actually a mark of unity in this world, a light of what we can be as people, all because peace is here and peace is on his way. Mark chapter 1 Go ahead and turn there. When Mark was telling the gospel, he quoted from Isaiah 40. And and he was talking about how John the Baptist was, was like the one who was bringing the message to Jerusalem. But now John the Baptist was bringing the message for Jesus. He was preparing the ground for Jesus to come and do his work. I love this. Look at verse 4 of Mark chapter 1. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness. Where was the way promised to be? In the wild. And he was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem came out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. And if you know anything about Jewish history, you know the Jordan River was once a place that they came up to in flood stage that they were supposed to cross and they had no idea how they were supposed to cross. But God made a way by stopping the waters and then the people of Israel moved into the promised land. And so in this place where God had previously made a way, he was making a new way, preparing the nation and all nations for who Jesus was through the person of John the Baptist. This is really cool. And it makes me wonder about us and our role. I believe that in some real way, we get to be like John the Baptist in our world. We get to prepare the way for God to work in other people's lives. I believe God wants to rend the heavens with us by bringing peace where it looks like there is no peace, where it just looks like piles of rubble all around. I believe God wants to use us to be like the ones that say, peace is here, or God is here, and God is on his way. Peace is here, and peace is on his way. But if we want to be a part of this, John the Baptist kind of helps us see, if, if you were going to be a part of the Jesus movement, it started with repentance. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to turn from not following God in some parts of your life. You've got to follow him in every part of your life. What was the repentance for and the baptism for? It was for forgiveness of sins. It was to receive the oneness with God so you can participate with him. Forgiveness is the way of peace. If we want to be a part of making peace in this world, of rending the heavens with his peace, we must repent. We must accept his forgiveness. We must acknowledge that there have been things in our lives that have not been promoting peace. We must consider the fact that our words and our actions matter and that our lives were intended to prepare the way for his work in other people's lives. And perhaps we have not been doing that. 
And I think we need to accept our place in the same way that John the Baptist did. John knew he was grass. He knew that Jesus was far greater than he was. Right? He's like, there's a dude coming after me. He's so powerful, I can't even untie his sandals. This isn't John the Baptist talking low about himself. This is him talking high about Jesus. He knew that Jesus was far beyond him in righteousness. He knew that Jesus was far beyond him in holiness. He knew that he was far beyond him in power. And he says, listen, Jesus is coming. I've baptized you with water, but he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Which is the the last point. If we want to be a part of bringing peace into our families, peace into our workplaces, it's not a do-it-yourself project, right? It's not something you just got to, I can do this. I'm just going to be happy today. I'm going to be peaceful. I'm not going to give any sad, sorry remarks. Oh, so peaceful. No, 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 no. This is a DIWS project that we're called to. Do it with the Spirit project. You cannot do what God is calling you to do without His work in your life. I fear a lot of us as Christians have been around for for long enough to know the right thing to do, but we're trying to do it on our own strength. And as a result of that, we're just spewing out our judgmentalism, our like angst on others rather than His Spirit of peace. As we get our hearts ready for communion, I've got three questions for us. Pastor Kathy, will you come and be ready for this? In your own life, I don't know if you can read what's on the screen, what looks like an unpassable wilderness to you? What looks like a, a place that you just, you just can't get through it? I'm not sure how I'm going to do it. In this moment, I want to ask you to ask God to show you the way. Say, God, I need, I need you to show me. Go ahead. Take a moment. What looks like a way that there is no way, an unpassable wilderness to you? Ask God to make a way. And then together let's say, peace is here. Peace is here. Peace is on his way. What do you need to confess? Is there a habit in your life that's not promoting peace in your home? You have a way of speaking that just causes people to avoid you. When people talk about your life, do they mention that there's peace there? Confess your need to God, confess your sin to Him. Tell him how you've fallen short of his glory.
Peace is here. Peace is on his way. This last question, where do you need the Holy Spirit and his power to be a peacemaker? It is not by accident that you're in any relationship that you're in right now. All of you have a broken relationship that either you've caused or that's happened to you. That you need God's strength to help you bring peace. In this moment, I, I want you to just ask God. Say, God, would you, would you help me bring peace? Would you work with your creative power within me to speak and bring peace? If there's a particular person that you are having a hard time with, lift that person's name up. Someone who is a child of God, the someone that Jesus himself died for, lift that name up and say, God, help me have peace with him or her or that group. Peace is here. Peace is on his way. Thank you for joining us for the Still Meadow Sermon Podcast. Again, please click over to our website, www.stillnaz.com. If you have a prayer request, you can go directly to stillnaz.com prayer. If you want to connect with people at Still Meadow, go to stillnaz.com connect. If you want to support Still Meadow Church of the Nazarene financially, go to stillnaz.com give. Thank you for joining us. And we'll be here again next week.